Comics Action Show is created by Jupiter Broadcasting. It's sponsored by Ting. Go to last.ting.com to save off your first device or plan. And DigitalOcean. Go to digitalocean.com and use the promo code Here's the Thing, all one word like you're slurring it, and spin up your own Linux rig for free. And Linux Academy. Go to linuxacademy.com slash unplugged and invest in your mind while saving some money. Welcome to Linux Action Show episode 463. My name is Chris. My name is Noah. Hello there, Noah. Hey there, Chris. We have a big episode this week. We are live at Dell in Austin, Texas. Uh, we broke in. We, get, we actually got through a back window they didn't know it was open. We snuck through under the floorboarding and found out all of the secrets about Dell. Which was uh, modular, the floor. Yes, and yes. we're going to expose them right here on this week's episode. No, actually what we found is that Dell was working on something pretty big with Linux. Now, everybody's familiar with probably Dell's enterprise legacy with Linux. Well, this week we're not going to tell just that story. We're going to tell a much bigger picture story about what's going on with Linux at Dell. So we're going to walk around, you're going to meet people, we're going to show you projects they're working on, all of that stuff in this week's episode. But also, coming up in the news, we're going to talk about Canonical's massive decision to discontinue work on Unity and focus on GNOME, scale back on Ubuntu phone and touch completely, and move their desktop over to Wayland. This is a huge story. It's the biggest. This is the biggest week we've ever done since I've been on the show. Yeah, this is between yeah. our, our our visit here, being a live show, and this massive Ubuntu news. This has which has such huge ramifications. It's kind of amazing because it was almost perfect for us to be at Dell when this news broke. Mm -hmm. We were sitting in a meeting. We were <laughs> I was looking at my phone right as the news broke. And, of course, Dell is shipping tons of systems loaded with Ubuntu right. and Unity. And you're going to see them coming up. So this is going to be a big transition for companies like Dell and others that Absolutely. are shipping products based on this. Absolutely. So if, but that's just, that is just the tip of the iceberg of the ramifications. Right. So we're going we're gonna to get into all of that. Also, uh, one of our favorite topics, almost, almost as if they knew we were wrapping up the show in a few weeks, it, Lightworks has a new release out, version 14 of Lightworks, and it promises to modernize the video editing workflow under Linux. They're getting rid of the tape legacy, and they're switching over to digital with a whole new UI. So we thought, why not give it a go on the world's fastest Linux laptop? So we'll give you our take on Lightworks 14 coming up in a little bit. Plus, we have feedback, so many things to dig into. But before we've got that, you know what we've got? The picks. That's right, this coffee machine runs Linux. Right here, we're standing in front of a giant Linux computer that dispenses coffees. It's our Runs Linux. It's our first pick this week, and we're in person with a Runs Linux coffee machine. How cool is this? That's pretty cool. So we were walking over here, and basically, Jared, come over here, Jared. Jared was telling us, he said, Jared's you know, drinking a coffee Jared's drinking a coffee from the shop machine that runs Linux. And he's talking... Running on Linux. Oh, he has he, he has he, ha he has jokes. The guy's got jokes. But so uh, so we're walking over here, and he says, "Guys, there's this coffee machine. Oh, by the way, it's kind of cool. It runs Ubuntu." And I'm like, "It runs Ubuntu. You did take a video for us, so we can show it to the last audience." And he goes, "No, I didn't take a video. So we have shut the whole place down for a moment, yeah. so we can film this runs <laughs> Linux." So tell me about this. And it's, and it's great because um, well, so this is a well. I don't know if it's if they're selling these in production yet, but yeah. this. Last time I talked to one of these guys that was working on, the, on servicing this machine, it was one of two. There's the one they have, and there's this one. So we work with, uh, sometimes we work with other companies to have try, out try out stuff. Um, this is amazing. So I order this with uh, half a sugar and uh, vanilla flavoring and with soy milk. And you put it, in it over did there. all of that. It did all of that. It put the lid on. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, yeah. And it is, and it, right here, it comes here. And it's not on this side, it's authenticated. So you have to enter a code. 
So no one steals your coffee. You, have to, you, you authenticate on this side, and you, you order on that side, and you authenticate on this side. And then when you authenticate, it dispenses your particular coffee. And there's an app where you can, you can be over in your cube or on your way to work, and you say, I want to order this coffee. And then, you know, you come here and it's ready. It's ready. And you just go over here and it says it's ready. You hit your name and you hit in your code. Guys, that's all really impressive. But tell me about the Linux. I want to hear about the Linux. Linux. It's running Linux. What kind of Linux? How do you know that? Uh, I know it's running Ubuntu Linux because I was here and when the guy was working on it, I was like, "Can can I look at this? And he's telling me that this is, you know, a special arrangement with Dell. Yeah. So is this, when, you, when you're talking to the guy that services it, is that something that he had to get some special training? Was that really hard for him? Is that's, it difficult to work that's on? That's not the question to ask. I think he was a mechanical engineer. But the, the question to ask, and Jared, this is extremely important, when the hell are they going to do this with beer? <laughs> right? When are we going to get this yeah. with beer? I'll have you know that their office is right next to a brewery. So, so it could happen. It, it, it could be in the pipeline. I like it. Come on, right there. Best friends Linux ever. Our desktop pick this week is something that was bound to happen. In fact, once we tell you what it is, you're going to be surprised it wasn't already a thing. It's one of my favorite utilities under Linux, and they they went graphical this week. And we'll tell you about that. But first, I want to thank our segment sponsor, and that's the great folks over at LinuxAcademy.com. LinuxAcademy.com is a platform to learn more about Linux. There's a lot of smart engineers here at Dell, and maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're not ready to go there. You need to learn a little bit. I know I would. Learn a little bit? I need to learn a little bit. Come to Dell. Because you're at Dell. I already did that. Would you keep up? I mean, obviously, I need to learn a little bit, dude. You're next level. I'm ne- well, no, I need to get next level. That's the problem. And I'm going to get next level by going to Linux Academy. LinuxAcademy.com slash unplugged. That's where I'd like you to go to support the show. And also, sign up for a free seven-day trial at Linux Academy. Then you can try out the platform. Then you can see what they offer. Then you can try out the guides, the self-paced courses, the scheduler, the nuggets, the community-forked note cards. If you want to learn about things deep down in Linux, LinuxAcademy.com. Go there, linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. It's in the name. It's all they do. It's not a feature. It's all they do. Then they've really, they've expanded since they've been an advertiser. Now they have the best courseware on Azure, AWS, OpenStack, containers. Oh, man. <laughs> I, need, I need education on all of that stuff. Now, if you consider yourself a quote-unquote DevOps person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they've got a, good, a ton of great courseware. We had, a, we had a conversation with a gentleman who is like, the expert on OpenStack here at Dell. <clears throat> Who did I realize how bad I need to go to Linux Academy after that conversation? LinuxAcademy.com slash unplug. Learn more, sign up, support the show. Try it out for seven days for free. There's not much more you need to know. No. That, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. LinuxAcademy.com slash unplug. That's where you go to support the show and also to get a seven-day free trial. A big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Linux Action Show. Now, our pick this week is... You ready for this? I am. You ready for the big reveal? Uh, our pick this week. Now, no, go over there for me real quick. See, go over there. Actually, you know what? Hold on a second. I just realized we haven't explained the room we're in. Look at, can you see it? We have a, for people, well, that's Jared over there. Jared, say hi. Say wave, wave. That's, there it is. Hello. There's, there's Jared. Yeah. Uh, we are in a, a, the Dell Client Solutions Experience Interactive. L- inter- interactive. Interactive lab where basically they have like a third of their products here Which is still quite a bit of stuff and they've they've let us uh, hang out in here So we we are using some Dell equipment right now to do this broadcast I'm gonna click over here. I'm gonna go to that. I'm gonna go to that equipment Which is what I thought Noah was doing earlier, and then I'm gonna show you our pick boom It is you ready for this? I am ready graphical YouTube download GYDL 
The name says it all. It is a graphical application to download pretty much anything that YouTube DL downloads, which is more than what the name implies. It sounds like it downloads YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. It does. It also downloads just about every other website that has video. I mean, it can scan right. the HTML, find the embed, extract the video out. Right. Super handy application. It can deliver it to you in the native resolutions. It can pull out the audio and make an MP3 out of it, which is awesome if you want to convert a YouTube video into a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. The first thing that comes to mind is I think this is really great, and I think it's much more user-friendly, but do you think it's as useful as the command line version? You know me. I'm a Yoake Gwake guy. I'm a, I'm a shell monkey. So. <laughs> no. You know me. I'm with, I got, I got Yoake or Gwake mapped yeah. to my tilde key. Yep. I tap that. I paste the URL in exactly. there. I hit enter, and it downloads. Yeah, after you put YouTube deal at the beginning. Well, yeah. 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 Actually, usually it's up arrow. Delete, paste. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, for me, I'm not going to ever even install this. It does, mm-hmm. it, there's, there are, it's packaged, it's in the AUR. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do know that there are folks out there that do need something like this. Right. That, to me, seems pretty obvious. That yeah. you, you, know, you, you take an application that's, that's been stuck on the command line, and you move into the graphical environment, it automatically opens it up to a right. whole new range of users. Yeah. And, you know, a whole new level of exposure, potentially getting right. YouTube DL screwed, shut down by YouTube, and yep. sued out of existence. So, right, exactly. You know, good things all around. Everybody, lawyers are going to make some money. Some Windows users can use YouTube DL. Everybody wins, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make an over-reference, but no. We'll just leave it at that. It's yeah. A good thing. But it actually, I mean, all that said, I mean, look how st- if you're going to take that application with its mm-hmm. trillions of settings, I mean, not yeah, that much, yeah. but it's got a lot of There's settings. There's a lot, at least one trillion. And pack it down into a UI. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't, I mean, I'm, we're, we're going to talk so much about GNOME this week that I feel like I shouldn't even say this, but this is how you do a GTK application. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really simple, but at the same time, it's got, it's got thousands of settings stuffed in there. Right. Um, and in the way it's it's using the header bar for like the download button and mm-hmm. very clear coloring yeah. and it looks oh, yeah. good with the arc theme. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So in that sense, I like it alone because mm-hmm. it's just really how you do a super super complicated app from a real basic end user right. perspective. Somebody maybe would want to use right. this yeah, and, and combine all those options into a GUI. Is, absolutely, it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, so very much. I so. do say this is GYDL. It's up on GitHub. It's kind of hard if you search for it right now. You get like mm-hmm. Reddit results and stuff like that, but you don't get the actual app. Right. So we have the link in the show notes if you want to find that. You just go get in the pick section and it will be there. All right, Noah, let's do the news. Hey, it's the news, and this episode is brought to you by... Ting.com. Go to last.ting.com, las.ting.com, and sign up for mobile that's out there to make a difference. Here's what I like about Ting. You ready for this? It's really simple and straightforward. Okay. It's obvious, really, and it's sort of... In fact, we hear from people outside the U.S. that don't understand why all carriers aren't like this. Right. It's pay for what you use mobile. Mm Mm-hmm. Minutes, messages, megabytes, you add them up, that's what you pay. That's it. And it's $6 for each line. So uh, say Jared over there wants to uh, get another Pixel. He's got the Google Pixel, and uh, which I think he has on Ting. Yep, Jared's got that Google Pixel right now. Look at Jared. Look at Jared. Look at Jared over there. He's over there. He's got the Pixel on Ting. You see, so anything from like the high-end, really, really nice smartphones that all of us want. I mean, me at least. I, yeah. I would love to. I'm kind of jealous. You would love a Pixel. Yeah, I think when, I, when we leave, I'm yeah. going to uh, sneak that Pixel away from Jared. Yeah, that works. He won't notice, yeah. right? I'll grab it. Yeah. You 
you, you do that for me? Yeah, Thanks, sure. dude. No problem. So if you go to last.ting.com, if you can't steal Jared's uh, cell phone, what you could do is pick one up. They have great devices that you can buy directly from them, or you can bring a device. Now listen, because this is where you're cooking with gas. Okay. If you bring a device, they're going to give you $25 in service credits. You're like, $25, Chris. I'm not going to switch my mobile carrier for $25. Let me tell you something. Your average bill, 23 bucks a month. Okay, so if it's 23 bucks a month this month and the next month and the month right. after that and the month after that. Basically, you're saving $75 a month, so really <laughs> it's like $100. That's what I'm talking about. After the first month. And here's the other thing that's really great. It's not just the fact that they have like radically different customer service that's better than any other carrier out there. Like you get to talk to a real human. Right. But the thing that I love is they got the CDMAs and they got the GSMs. Mm-hmm. So if you're familiar with cellular technologies, you got your different networks. You got your digital networks, you got your cellular networks, and you got your right. three. Anyways, I'm not going to get all technical on you, Noah, because I right. know it confuses yeah, you. Yes, so the computers and this internet thing and just not my stuff. Yeah, but all you do is you go to Ting, they'll take care of it. CDMA, GSM, they don't care. If you got a device that's compatible, you can bring it or you can pick up a new one or go grab one from Google Play and bring it yourself. Just do me a favor and go to last.ting.com. If you're not sure about Ting yet, too, they have a savings calculator up on that business. You click at that and say, what would you save? And also, dig around on their blog. Uh, they've got some really great posts recently. Um, some for you sports fans and also those of us that are concerned about password hygiene. Yes. They have a, they have a post about practicing good password hygiene up on their blog. If you just want to read that even, last.ting.com to support the show. And if you decide to sign up, you're going to save some money. It's easy. Last.ting.com. Big thank you to Ting for sponsoring the Linux Action Show. And thanks to you guys for uh, supporting our sponsors to keep us going. <clears throat> All right. So I don't know if we have enough file size, enough storage space to actually properly do this story justice. So we're going to be thinking about it for weeks. Um, but yesterday... Yesterday as we're recording, how's your mic? Is it good? It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it likes to do this Does thing. Does it keep flopping down, yeah, dude? What's the matter? just likes to do this thing. You have, just, you have floppy just, mic? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't I'm sorry. Of, don't make fun of my mic. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, it's all right, Brown. It's not, 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 not it's polite okay. to point okay. that out. So, um, Mark Shuttleworth uh, just sort of changed the Linux landscape in a big way. And I say that once, once we get into it, I think you'll understand why I say that. Uh, but what was announced was that Canonical... Uh, starting with, was it 1804? Right, next LTS. The next LTS, they're going to switch to GNOME by default. And uh, they will be deinvesting efforts into Unity 8. Mm-hmm. They will be sunsetting Unity 7. Right. They will be shipping GNOME by default on the next LTS Ubuntu. Mm-hmm. And the ramifications of that are ginormous. There's a personnel ramification within Canonical. Right. There is the universal packaging format ramifications between the fact that Snaps and Flatpaks are essentially competitors right now, mm-hmm. and now Flatpak is essentially going to be supported everywhere by default, right. uh, which is sort of true now, but is really going to be true once this transition happens. But I think the bigger thing that I want to start talking to you about mm-hmm. and get your thoughts on is what seems to me the really big thing here is you now have Red Hat. Right. SUSE. Right. Canonical. The corporate coll- collaboration around a central desktop. They're all working, I mean, and more. I got a list, of like, you know, a lo- as long as my arm, they're all now right. working on GNOME. There is all of a sudden a ton of focus and energy going into GNOME. And, right. and the thing is, I was thinking, like, how is Canonical going to get credibility here? How, I mean, they obviously have had long-term relationships. Yes. It's things, even, even as of a couple of weeks ago, we're getting merged back up from Unity. Like there right. was something they just recently pulled into GNOME. So there is still some cross-pollination well, and, and, and I think it's important to point out that Ubuntu has always been on GNOME. They just, they called it a blessed distro. It was 
the Ubuntu gnome flavor, and and now that's just going to get the full force and backing exactly that's of their canonical. that's their in right. They yeah. already have a beachhead there, right? And right. so that's when I started realizing that this just really means that Ubuntu gnome just got a, a lot more weight. Yes, uh, that that makes the whole thing a lot more understandable. Yes. The, the, then the other so the the huge the huge 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 ramifications of all of these companies now focusing on gnome. I don't know if we're going to be able to realize what that means um, for maybe a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might be able to see some early indications soon, but I think it's going to take a couple of years for that to, to really sink in. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts <clears throat> on what this means for display servers on Linux? Because obviously we're all looking to move away from X11. Everybody hates X11 now. It's, right. it's a hot thing to do to hate yeah. X11 apparently, yes. um, which seems to be working just fine right here for us today. But anyways, um, yesterday, mm-hmm. it was going to be Mirror shipping on Ubuntu. Right. Today, it's Wayland yes. now. Um, yes. <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, I think that um, first and foremost, it makes a lot of sense, right? I don't think there was a large portion of the community that thought that going to Mir was a really great idea to begin with. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, know that's, I know that's controversial. I know there's a lot of people that are writing hate mail right now, but that's the truth, is that you had the entire Linux ecosystem moving from one display server to another, and then you had Ubuntu out in La La Land moving from one display server to an alternative. And I think that competition is great, and I think that choice is great. But at the end of the day, I think that collaboration can sometimes be even better. And so as we see both of these major distros, both Red Hat and Canonical, the two major players, corporation, corporate players in the world coming together, and they're both going to now be focusing on one display server, on one desktop. Hmm. That's it. Like you said, that And totally SUSE too. Sh- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count out their efforts. They actually, I think, contribute more to GNOME than people probably realize. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's, that's pretty big. There's also the the sort of human side of this. Yes. So this is like a seven-year effort for Canonical. Right. And you can, I think all of us could point to a few things that will probably persist from this effort. Right. So you could say that's worth something. Like the snap package format, I think mm-hmm. some people think is a, is, is a very competitive format, like right. myself. Unity itself will persist uh, in, in the form of a fork. Yes, um, that's very true. And of course, the LTSs are going to be supported for, you know, Years now, right. running Unity Seven. Yep. Uh, but uh, there is still there is still going to be. Now I don't really know. I don't. I don't. I haven't really heard much. But there is still going to be a fair amount of probably people that are going to lose jobs over this because right. the sim- simply and, and it's work not, is not being done now. And it's not just the employment and the money perspective. It's also the perspective of these people have dedicated their life to some of this stuff. You know, these people hold this as as, as a true belief because they're they're sort of fighting you know industry trends to some degree to go work for. A company like Canonical and work on Linux, desktop Linux specifically. Mm-hmm. So, if you're buying into the desktop, uh, you know, environment, particularly one that is specific to a given distro, you know, you have a lot of conviction there. Yeah. And and you know. Yeah. In a press release, that's it's all over. Yeah. Essentially. So, uh, I, I, one of the things too that uh, I, I think is is probably worth considering here is mm-hmm. how do all of these all of these companies that are shipping Unity. Mm-hmm. Either System76, uh, Entraware, right. or Dell, right. uh, <laughs> or all the people you have for clients. One of the, I mean, you've noted to me over and over in one of your arguments about rolling versus LTS is my clients like the fact that Unity 7 hasn't changed much Consistent. for the last. Exactly. Consistency. So that's, and this is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I'm, I'm sure, but see, I'm sure that I'm sure that Canonical must be planning to contribute like a, a patch set to GNOME or like you know? an extension set. Maybe they could even do like the Unity extension yeah. that brings in things like HUD. Uh, maybe it brings in things like uh, the, the Unity Launcher because right. Unity Launcher is not bad. Yeah. You know, it's not that a bad will, launcher. That will fix a couple of things, but here's what it won't fix: the 
10 plus years of, well, not seven quite years. that, like seven years, yeah. seven years of information that has been accumulated on the internet on how do I change this setting? How do I modify that thing? And all of that yeah. is documented. And when you Google Ubuntu dual display, yeah. you're going to get all of the people yeah. that have to However, talk about to set that the, up. However, the reverse is also true, though, because there is there is a fair amount of documentation out there for GNOME or how to do it on Fedora, if and all of that's going to be a lot more applicable now, yes, too. Yes, if you know to search for that, yeah. right? Yeah. If you know that you're using GNOME. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, effectively, they have they have... You know, they've just started an entire new version of Ubuntu, more or less. Yeah. Um, from that from that perspective, and so I think that's going to be an interesting challenge. So uh, Michael Hall, Canonical employee, mm -hmm. uh, uh, just sort of a couple of days before all this news broke, mm -hmm. uh, started a hacker news thread that went up to like the top trending news for the thread for the day, like number four for the day. And um, one of the things that uh, the number one thing actually mm -hmm. by by a by a large margins, from what I could tell, mm -hmm. he put all the data out. From what I could tell was people requesting drop Unity, drop Mirror, go Gnome, go Wayland. Right. And this was a couple of days before the announcement. Yeah. Uh, and so it's obviously something that the user base that is actively interested wanted. So I think right. I think there will be enough news about this. And I think that with the fact that it's not until the next LTS, that that whole end user finding documentation issue might be not nearly as blunt as it seems now yeah. by then. Well, I think, yeah, I think it will. And so again, it's important to remember that, the, that Gnome on Unity has been there. You know, the other thing is, though, I think overall... It's a positive thing. There are some definitely there's some downs downsides mm -hmm. to this, but overall, I think it's a really positive thing. I think it's a really good direction. And I have said time and time again that I think that Unity is really there. It's it's really a, a minority of people that really prefer Unity. If you have a preference for a desktop environment, obviously default rules king. We always talk about that. But if you ha if you have a choice and you know if you've used Unity compared to GNOME compared to KDE, a lot of people will go to Xmonad, some go to KDE, some go to GNOME. I haven't found a lot of people that stay on Unity, and that becomes particularly clear when you go to a lot of Linux yeah, conferences. I think, it, yeah, it really depends on the user base. Of so course, the type yes. of users that are answering Hacker News threads are the type of users that aren't probably installing Unity, but right. the type of users that are buying pre-built systems or you're deploying yes. for your clients are yes. using Unity, and that's honestly a larger user and, base. And again, default reigns king, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I want to talk about the actual story itself for a second, go meta on this story, okay. and talk about how uh, this was almost, uh, I think there was almost a universal reaction on the internet that this was unbelievable. When, when, when Mark Shuttleworth announced that they were going to drop Upstart and go to SystemD, everybody was surprised. Everybody was, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that coming, but yeah. you know, it makes sense. When Mark Shuttleworth yesterday announced that they were dropping Unity 7, Unity 8, and switching to GNOME, and thus, by extension, Wayland. Um, I would say surprised would be an understatement. Shocked would be a more accurate description of how people felt. Disbelief yes. would be a yes. huge... Was, yeah. Yes, how many... You know what? When we're, so we're sitting in this room. I set this up for you. We're sitting in this conference room. We had just concluded an interview. Chris kind of leans back in his chair, and he pulls his phone out, and he looks at it. See he the goes, news. And, and he, go. goes, he looks at me, and he goes, oh, my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes... Yeah. Ubuntu's dropping Unity as their yeah. desktop and going, you know, and I looked right at him and I, I, I did this, this is what I looked at. Huh, they're a couple of days late for April Fool. It's got to be a joke, though. That, was the, that was the most common. That, is this April Fool's? Yeah, that, yeah, and that's what I said. I said, it's got to be an April Fool. It's just a joke. I joked about switching to BST. He's just joking about It's just a joke. And, and I didn't believe him. And then he's going, no, man, this is on blo on the blog side. I'm like, it can't, that can't be. And then we start pinging our contacts and various places. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, and, thought, and some of them were wow. surprised, too. Wow. Uh, yeah, some of them were, were caught by surprise. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's 
huge, huge shakeup. I think it's a larger shakeup than we can actually appreciate not on, from the outside. Absolutely. So, but, but, so th- this is where I'm getting. So there are there is there is a sunk cost aspect to this, with, to the fact that they've yes. been the fact that they've been working on this now for seven years. Seven years. There's a sunk cost aspect to this. The fact that there's going to have to be some restaffing and lim- elimination of jobs. Again, that's a huge cost. Yes. Um, I, I'm trying to picture Mark Shuttleworth going through this process, right. talking with team members, and, and sitting down to write a blog post where he basically says, this was tough. I loved this idea. Yeah. I, I was really convicted about this, but the market spoke and they preferred the devil they know. And I think that's an implication of Chrome and Android right. and, and doing it there right. instead of doing their version of convergence, which right. is not as not as complete as Canonical's. Yes. You know, take a f- one phone, step down, you have a whole desktop. Right. They, that was a more complete picture. Mm-hmm. But even even the people we talked to that, uh, and it was actually nobody here, but other places that are that are shipping, making their money on Ubuntu, mm-hmm. were really unsure about Unity Eight. They yeah. really weren't. There was a lot of market unsured unsureness there. But even then, and even with all of us say, "Don't do Mirror. Don't do. Don't don't go on your own." Uh, and all of the reaction when Unity. I mean, he is he, in a sense he is eating all of that now. Yes, he's yes, he eating. Is. He's eating all of the hate he ever got for Unity. Yep. He's eating all of the uh, hate he got for Mirror. He's eating all of it, and he's yep. coming out and saying, "Yeah, that's the way it is. This is the market reality." Yeah, I I can I get the the amount of the amount of to do that is yes. is really impressive. But also, though, the amount... Well, I should say additionally, then. Additionally, the intestinal fortitude as a business owner and yeah. as a leader, as a true leader, to be yeah. able to look at the reality that you live in and say, listen, I believe in this. I like this. I really think this is the better way to go. Mm-hmm. But because of constraints that are outside of my control, we have to... In order to stay competitive, we have to follow what the market wants. We're going to mm-hmm. do this thing, uncomfortable as it is for a lot of us. Yeah, it's And, really you know, and the thing is, I have machines that I have Unity on, and I'm very, very happy with them. Yeah. So, in fact, you were saying some things in GNOME that you hope right. get ported over in some fashion I, that I need, or I have to. I, if if they don't, if oh, they don't, yeah, if they don't change some of the things over into GNOME, mm-hmm. I will not be able to use my six displays as I use them now. Mm. That's just the way it is. This is uh, so that is a, that. This is a, the the surprise factor. The 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 whole that whole shock. I I Noah and I, you know, we we follow this stuff every single week. We always right. are. We're always debating: is this story good enough to talk about? Is there meat on this bone to chew on? Is this something that people would care about? Right. And in that metric, you using that metric to decide what we put in the show. It, does, um, it we don't have a metric anymore. It, it blows off the scale. Yeah. It, right. It, it, because the ramifications are beyond affecting Ubuntu users. Yes. In fact, they're they're so far beyond just affecting Ubuntu users that it it might be. Th- Easily one of the biggest stories in the last few years. And so think about this. We are at Dell right now talking about how they are they are pivoting an entire lineup of computers yeah. to be competitive on the Linux desktop. Servers are you know are competitive on you know in in Linux. We have two of the major two of the biggest players in the Linux desktop, and they have come together, and they're going to start working together to make a very cohesive desktop and 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 system. I just. Like we have, we we are at this point in time where all of these forces have come together, and I, I hate to use the cliche of the Linux desktop, but I really think, I really think this could be something different. It's I it's it's uh, I don't know. It's one of these stories where I think I'm going to unpack it for weeks. Yeah, I'm kind of right. looking forward to the drive home where I'm going to be thinking yeah. about this, and yes. I'm looking forward to getting back on Linux plugged and discussing this with the mumble room and talking about it more with you. Uh, it's just it's a huge story. So <clears throat> we should probably move on because <clears throat> um, there's a couple other things we want to talk about. Yes. But I do want to quickly mention, I think it's unity8.org, 
will continue to be a port, like you mentioned, of, right. of Unity 8. Um, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll probably see forks of Unity 7. And uh, Marcus G., who I always, I think I always mispronounce his name, so I'm sorry. Uh, but the, 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 uh, the uh, very clever guy behind uh, UbiPorts is going to continue that, those efforts on, awesome. on, on, on mobile devices. So it does live on in, in some regard. Uh, other story that I thought was probably worth us talking about this week was there, and besides Lightworks, is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk about? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. So Lightworks 14 was in beta. We kind of talked about it a little bit. We've been kind of trying it behind the scenes for a few weeks. And this week they released the final version, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And uh, it is a total rework of the Lightworks editing application. Right. And it is much more targeted at like online video creators like ourselves and YouTubers and people that are maybe using Premiere or Final Cut today. It's kind of going after that market. Right. Um, but obvious advantage of it works on Linux <laughs> and yeah. that means you get a wider access of hardware choices you get better performance there's a lot of reasons to actually edit video on Linux and so Lightworks um, there's been some communication between you and EditShare yep. and Lightworks has told you that this is a huge priority for them yes so they are what they're doing is they are they are recognizing that the market is looking for a video editor that is friendly for people to get started on has mm-hmm. a price point that people get started on but has the uh, latitude to grow when that hmm. editor wants hmm. to move up and up. And they have cornered that very high-end market. They have cornered that you know $20,000 market for people that have a dedicated console to edit on, stuff like that. Um, but the software was designed at a time when importing from tape was a thing. And when uh, when managing media was was similar to how I would manage tapes and, and you know and, and data sets. And so they had things like bins and they you know that would make sense for that kind of workflow. Well we don't have that anymore. We record on SD cards and we move files over. And so what they have done with Lightworks 14, they have gone away from what the dynamic environment, which is or flexible environment, which is basically I can set up my You're windows. You're losing me, dude. You're losing me. I, I can set up my windows any which way I want. I can have my preview windows big as I want. I can have my source windows small as I want. I can have them in any order yeah, I yeah, want. Yeah. I can set up my file browser however I want. <clears throat> they really manage from, the work layout. And yeah, and they've gone away from that, and they've gone to what they call static layout, which yeah. is basically well, you know it, they basically if you if you've used uh, DaVinci Resolve, it's it is almost identical. They have tabbed uh, tabbed editing, so you start with the you know your log section where you can bring things in. You go to your edit section where you lay out. Go to so, your video effects, and then finally render. I mean, essentially, I think I think all we really need to say it's a top-down design, uh, redesign of the UI, and seventy new features. It's and it's uh, it's got a kind of a it's got a kind of an interesting model where for 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 a really high-end video editor, you have uh, a free model and then a pay model. Right. And the free model is pretty usable. So the free model gives you 720p local. And you, can do, and you can do 1080p local as long as you have valid Vimo credentials. Now, they have two models to activate. If you'd like Vimeo to, or Vimo? Uh, Is whatever. it VE or VI? VI. Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah, sorry. Uh, I don't use it. I just signed up for the account so I can export 1080p. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so they have two models for actually purchasing it if you'd like to. Now, if you purchase it, you get access to pro-level Kodak, so you get the DNxH, uh, which is the Avid Kodak, as well as ProRes. Mm. They also um, let you... They have, so they have two different models. For $500, you can buy the software outright, or oh, you okay. can pay like 149 I think it is, a year, and then you can use that... So you get version always okay. it's like a subscription service but so really if you buy it outright you're kind of banking on the fact that you're going to use the same version of the software for five years so it's almost okay so it's almost never makes sense yeah yeah um, but uh so we've been we don't have i don't think we have a ton of experience with it but we've begun working with it we've been reviewing right. it to see if it works for our workflow because mm-hmm. it obviously is applicable to it's applicable to our interest i don't right. know how interesting it is to all of you but i guess what i would say is uh the big picture here is that this is 
there is a company that is really getting serious about video editing on Linux, and they've just released the first version of this big redesign, and they're looking for a lot of input. They're specifically wanting to hear from Linux users. So if this is an area of interest for you, if, it's, if you've played around with Kdenlive Live or OpenShot in the past and maybe felt like it didn't meet your expectations or you wanted something more, LWKS.com. And there's a form there, and they are very responsive. Yeah, so it's worth trying, and we're pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we're hoping that, uh, I mean, we're hoping that everything you watch today from Dell was edited under Lightworks 14. Mm-hmm. And so far, that, that's holding true. So that'll be our benchmark. All right, Noah, that's all the news for this week. We made the 2,500-mile trip down to Austin, Texas to get exclusive access to areas I bet some of you, I don't know if most, maybe anybody's ever seen before. Area 2. <laughs> and Area 1 and PS2 and uh, Building 5 and yeah, we could tell you all don't about that. Don't forget the MDC. <laughs> Actually, that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, it was really, it started, I don't know, a few months ago when Barton George came on the Linux Unplugged show, and he was telling me about what they're doing at the Sputnik project. He told me a little bit about the team, and I went, holy crap. I was telegramming Noah. Hey Noah, if if this was three years ago, people would be collectively crapping their pants, and if this was five years ago, <laughs> their heads would be exploding, right? Yeah, because it is um, it is huge. It is an integration of Linux at uh, at a level that I think none of us fully understood or appreciated. At least I definitely didn't before I got down here. Right. And then the other thing is, uh, they are they are learning with their interactions, so when they're trying to sell these Linux systems, they're learning within those interactions and how to take community interaction and apply it to other aspects of their business. Sure. So it's kind of like we're here while something really interesting is happening. Yes. And it's fascinating to watch it happen to such a large company. Right. So uh, we, go, we go around Dell today talking to people about what they do, different teams, and all of that. So I'm very excited to show that to you because I don't think you're ever going to see that anywhere else for a long time because we got this big contract in place where if they, sh- if they let anybody else in here, I am suing them. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but actually, okay, but hold on. To be kidding. fair, I'm totally kidding. To, to be fair, though, nobody has that I've ever seen. I don't. I don't remember ever seeing a broadcast from inside Dell. No, no, so I don't think so. This is this is going to be so. something special no, coming up. You know what else is special? DigitalOcean. Go to DigitalOcean.com and take advantage of our sponsors promo. Just use the promo code. Here's the thing. After you sign up at DigitalOcean.com, you go there, you sign up, and you get yourself a ten dollar credit. Now they got a rig for five dollars a month. You guys for five dollars a month. $5 a month, and you can get a really nice Linux rig up in the cloud. And what's the cloud in this case? It's their awesome infrastructure. All SSDs, 40 gigabit E connections into the hypervisors, KVM to run all of it, which is, of course, running on top of Linux. They got SSDs for all the disk I.O. Top to bottom. Top to bottom, they got SSDs. You know, you know what's funny? Hmm. Bet they have Dell servers. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> probably. They probably have had to buy a lot of them. You can deploy in seconds, which is really nice because if you just want to try something out, it's nice to shave some of that time off. So the fact that you can get a system up in under a minute, it's, it's pretty boss. That's, that's actually a pretty boss level thing to do. I think the other thing that maybe is underappreciated, especially when you start thinking about backups or caching or proxying, is they have private networking. And what's really fantastic about private networking is you don't have the transfer count against your total. Mm-hmm. So say you might have like a terabyte of bandwidth, which is mind-blowing to begin with. Yeah. Say you're on the cheapest the cheapest one right. for, for terabyte of right, bandwidth. Exactly. But you can, use, you can use private networking to do like backups and snapshots and replication and yes. caching that right. is, doesn't even count against that terabyte. Yeah. And 
then you have block storage. So if you need to increase the storage of your droplet, you just attach it. So you know, if maybe you want to run an MB server on there, maybe you want to host some torrents, maybe you're working on a project and you got a lot of logs, whatever it might be, you just add storage as you need it. You got Nextcloud up there, add a little bit of block storage. Of course, it's all SSD based. You can manage it inside the operating system like a block device. So if you want to put the ZFS on there or the XFS or even the ButterFS, you can do that too. Although that don't tell us, don't, don't tell us here at the Linux Action Show. We don't. We don't. That. They have a really cool system too, where they can do caching in like a CDN to make you super fast. Mm-hmm. So you like you like big time, you're big league. And they're big they're league. I don't I, I don't know maybe they've done this soon, but it's happening really soon. They're launching a monitoring alerting system. No, they so you, launched it. They, they launched, did. Yeah, I got a I got a notification. I, thought, yeah. I, I knew it was coming yep. soon. Yeah, yep. it, that, next level. Next level. Because then next you can you can be a, you can be a guy or a gal running a system right. and get alerts when you're out getting coffee exactly. like a hipster. Exactly. You can yeah. be like, Bing, my server yeah. just went yeah. off. My server called me. I know it's it's really cool. And uh, then and then and then after you get the alert then you can go manage it from the Swimmer app that's available on it in the Android true. Play Store. They have a great API, too, which a ton of apps and resources and open-source utilities take advantage of. They contribute hosting to a bunch of open-source projects, and DigitalOcean uses open-source themselves throughout the company. A lot of the tools they've built are open-source and available to the community. DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code Here's the Thing, and a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Linux Action Show. All right, dude, let's go inside Dell. In early April, we traveled to Austin, Texas to go behind the scenes at Dell to get exclusive, never-before-access and see how far and how deep their Linux commitment goes. My first Linux distribution or release was Yadrazzle Linux. first experience with Linux was in 1999, roughly. Majority of the HPC systems uh, are running Linux, especially in, in our lab, uh, most of our systems are running Linux. I was introduced to Linux in college in 1994. Well, uh, I started with Linux back in 2003, 2004. Uh, my first distro was Gen 2. We thought the big story was the hardware behind Project Sputnik, but we soon realized it was the people behind the project. What the program was sincerely lacking was an event. It was the developer focus, right? So I wasn't the guy who came up with the idea. We had um, Stephen O'Grady of Redmond came in. I was in a um, team at that time which was trying to figure out how do we make ourselves uh, more relevant to the giant web companies. So we had the custom uh, design systems that uh, served them well, but how do we get more value add? And this is where the idea is, well, why don't you make a, um, a preloaded Linux which is targeted developers? So I thought, great idea, but it'll never fly because the, the low volume compared to the Windows things we do, people will say, hey, we're busy enough with what we've got. Don't bother us with that. Right. So that's where I put this sort of on a shelf. And then about three months later, um, not only did we finally get a really good looking XPS, but at the same time, this innovation fund came up. And so I thought, okay, perfect way to jumpstart this. My name is Joyce Burke, and I am a product marketing manager as part of the Precision Workstation uh, line of business here. And I'm going to be talking about the all-in-one that we've got coming out in the next two weeks. Much like all of our Precision products, mobiles, towers, um, and now our all-in-one, we also support a couple uh, Linux distributions. We support Ubuntu, which we've got loaded on this system, uh, as, well as, as well as Red Hat Enterprise Linux. So with this system, you can see this stunning front of screen here. This is actually a 4K ultra-high-def display. Um, and this one actually supports touch as well. Um, we do have a non-touch option. Um, all systems come standard with 100% Adobe RGB, um, as well as this, um, you know, for the fully immersive experience, this integrated soundbar here, basically. So we support up to 80-watt Xeon CPUs. Um, we also have the latest AMD Radeon Pro graphics. Um, 
And at the high end of that, um, all of our touch systems ship with the WX7100 that is um, VR ready. Okay. Um, it also has eight gigs of frame buffer memory on there. Uh, the system memory, we can go up to 64 gigs and you can have the choice of ECC or non-ECC. Um, there's three drive bays basically, a PCIe slot for SSD, um, as well as two two and a half inch SATA drive bays. So we do have a um, choice of spinning hard drive or uh, SSD. Where you have an XPS product, we've kind of stepped it up a little more for our Precision 5520. We go up to Xeon class processors, 32 gigs of memory, two terabytes of internal storage, PCIe and SSD storage. Um, and it has um, professional graphics. We have a four gig NVIDIA Quadro M1200 graphic card in here. So starting at weight, sub four pounds, mm -hmm. thin, thinnest, lightest, smallest 15 inch mobile workstation on the market. And now the moment that literally everyone, but most, most importantly, Chris, has been waiting for is, the, see, 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 see? Don't take it until after I'm done with the interview, then you may steal it. Welcome to the most powerful mobile workstation on the market today. The Dell, what is the exact model? It is the uh, Dell Precision 7720. Okay, well, let's get this out of the way. How many second mortgages do I have to take out of my house to purchase this? It's not that bad. Starting at price at about $16.99. Wow. Fully loaded, yeah. you can get north of 10K. Okay. Ten, did you say $10,000? Yes. Okay, just, just as a thought experiment, tell me how I would get to 10,000. What do I get for 10K? For 10K, you get our highest performing uh, Xeon class processor, okay. 64 gigabytes of ECC memory to go along with that. Mm -hmm. You get a Ultra HD 4K display, 100% Adobe color gamut. You get uh, an NVIDIA Quadro P5000 graphic card with 16 gigs of dedicated DDR5 memory on board, three terabytes of PCIe SSD storage, and a 97 watt hour battery. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's all I don't I don't know. And so, one thing about our precision line of business, we really have over engineered them when it comes to performance. So, these have um, patent pending. Um, thermal solutions in them. So the 7720 actually has IP from the server and storage side when it built into it. Mm -hmm. So it actually has a dual fan design that is redundant upon each other, mm -hmm. which allows it to run concurrently at 100-100. Um, so you're able to have a 45-watt processor that's actually kicking closer to 60 watts and a 100 watt graphic card all at the same time running at high at full full throttle the 7720 is also our is the first vr ready mobile workstation on the market so wow on a laptop on a laptop right so portability of a you know seven and a half pound system being able to take it with you mm -hmm. um plug in your uh your vr headset and and do presentations on site and not have to worry about shipping a big old tower the hardware was extremely impressive and you could see the pride that they had for these products it's some of the best stuff they've ever made and yes I did steal that $10,000 laptop. Some of the most fun I had, though, was chatting with folks that have been involved with Linux for a long time, like Dell's director of software engineering, John Terpstra, who also helped start the Samba project. So I downloaded the Samba source code and recompiled it again on the now slightly later version of Interactive and their compiler toolchain. 
and I had a few problems with it, so I looked at the source code and I saw Andrew Tridgell's name and telephone number in the source code. Oh. So I called Andrew and I said, Andrew, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to compile this code and it just won't compile. He said, hmm, line 1106, there's a semicolon missing off the end of the line and it trips up all the compilers. Of course. <laughs> so I put the semicolon in place, it built, and... Uh, <laughs> I've been there, I've been there. And the site tried it and it worked, and the files no longer broke. Mm. And that began a rather exciting journey. John had a ton of experience and a lot of great stories from years of working in the open source community, like Rick Martinez. Yeah. Uh, I've been at Dell for uh, just a little over 20 years. Who knows a bit about security? I've been going to security conferences for, for half a decade now, really kind of a late, late bloomer there. But, <laughs> um, you know, you quickly realize when going to these conferences that, um, you know, everybody, all the hackers, all the, you know, um, people that are doing uh, real security research are, are using Linux, right? So um, go out to uh, GitHub and you get, you know, the, the, the researcher uh, code run it on our box, see what it does, make sure we're protected against the vulnerabilities or uh, attacks that they've, that they've shown in their research, hmm. uh, things like that. In just a few short years, Dell has gone from a long shot idea to the latitude, precision, and XPS lines already to run Linux. More than that though, I was blown away by the long-term commitment to Linux by the people at Dell who had been working behind the scenes for years to make what we saw here possible. If I had to boil down my impressions from our trip, I'd say I had no idea just how many products, departments, and teams at Dell contribute to Linux. What we're seeing today is an accumulation of nearly 20 years of Dell learning how to work upstream and create communities around ideas like the Project Sputnik. And I think their timing couldn't be better. From enterprise high-performance computing, modular data centers, to the XPS line. Dell has some great products running Linux, but their real competitive advantage is 20 years of investment in Linux. And now it's time for the feedback, and this segment of On Location Shooting at Dell is brought to you by the fine folks at System76, because rising tides, right? No. Rising tides. <laughs> System76.com, creators of machines born, created, designed to run Linux. And that flashing on the screen there, that's brought to you by OBS. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's just really awesome. It seems to not like when we have animation. So. <laughs> I could have fixed this. I could have fixed this. No, dude, no. Okay. System 7, you know what? It just encourages people to go there and see it for themselves. So you go to system76.com, and you can go check out these machines. Uh, I think the Galgo Pro, up for uh, pre-order right now. That's not it. <laughs> That's not it at all. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> And, you know, we just keep going. <laughs> System 76. You know, they make some cra crazy, crazy powerful servers, too, with big old GPUs in them. But let's talk about that Oryx Pro. I mean, if you're going to get a monster, right, mm -hmm. that's the Oryx Pro right there. We'll check it out at System76.com. Go there and get a rig built to run Ubuntu with a company that's integrated right in with the community. You know, I like that. I like that a lot at System76.com. And then when you check out, tell them that Noah switched you to Linux. And if your screen doesn't flicker like our screen... <laughs> then you're not doing a live show on location with just a few minutes left. So you have to keep going at system76.com. All right, so you guys had some fun last week. I, we had some fun last Alan week. Alan came on the show. I was, down, I was driving down to Tejas, and uh, I, I don't know exactly what happens. Like, I'm not there for one week, and all of a sudden you've switched to BSD. You're an iPhone right, user. Right, right. So and tell me, uh, so, how's that been received? Uh, not good. <laughs> 
um, so for those of you who don't know, it was a joke. It was an April Fool's joke. So, uh, um, so it started kind of like this. It seemed like some people didn't know. <laughs> it seemed like some people didn't know. And, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't actually talk to you about the narrative I was going with. Oh, so yeah, the, narrative know, I, yeah. the narrative I sold was this is why we had to kill last because you oh, didn't want to because you didn't want to go on air with me that's why why would people care about that why would you wouldn't want to go on air with me if i wasn't going to use linux no that was the other (laughs) co-host rising dots (laughs) so anyway so uh it was a big joke and we (laughs) made a post on i i uh, i had this picture and stuff and so you can go back last week and watch it but as I was going through the Reddit, there were some people that commented on it, and they're actually really funny. So they I, are good, dude. So I thought, oh, just snorted on the show. Did you close my? <laughs> no, I didn't close. It. <laughs> okay, so uh, here we good. go. That's good. Oh, Chris screwed it up. Chris screwed it up. Okay. How did I screw it up? Okay. So here's what Chris did when he screwed it up. <laughs> I didn't. I kind of screwed it up. So uh, okay, this guy, we... he writes, uh, he wrote on. He goes, this guy clearly he knew that it was a joke. He says, ha yeah. ha ha, no yeah. intro OS, BSD, yeah. ha ha ha, yeah. and an iPhone, MacBook, and Apple tablet, ha ha ha, no more Telegram, ha ha ha, April Fools. You know, immediately he, he was it. like, he yeah, this it. can't be right. You know, actually, I think, and I, I saw this comment a couple of times. It wasn't the MacBook. It wasn't you getting rid of Android because you know. MacBook's not horrible hardware. I mean, it's got 16 gigs of RAM, but yeah. it's, and, and you know, uh, and you're not like a, you're not like a, some Android super fan, right? You're not like an Android super fan. So right. I could I could almost see those things. But what I think I think maybe where you went too far, because what gave it away to some people was when you said you were dropping Telegram, and then oh, everybody really? knew. Yeah, everybody. Oh, no one lives by Telegram. You know, actually, that wasn't even planned. Just that. Um, you know, yeah, Alan goes, well, how can you hit me up? Uh, you know, you've got the, and then he gave some obscure app that I'd never heard of. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm on iMessage. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I was like. You know, also a huge thank you for Alan. He's super busy these days for making time to come on the show and hang out with us. And I don't, I don't, I, I think, although I don't know for sure yet, but I've heard a mm-hmm. rumor that he might also make it to Linux Fest Northwest. Did he say anything to you? Yeah, he's coming. Oh, he yeah. is. Good. There's, there's one more uh, piece of feedback, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Yeah, can, do you actually, can you, can you actually switch to it? With yes. This, yeah, uh, I think so. This, I think so. Uh, okay. And so this guy writes in and he's, oh, he, uh, he says on the Reddit, he goes, can I just say that on a day when I'm happy that I didn't fall for any of the lame April Fool's jokes, I fell for Noah's switch. Yeah, that happened. The first part of the segment, even before the picture, halfway through, I was like, oh, dang, Noah got me. And then I figured out he was up to something. But when Alan started talking BSD versus Linux and sold it as a legit segment, I let my guard down. Good job, guys. That was good. <laughs> so, you know, I think one of my favorite moments also mm-hmm. in that whole thing was mm-hmm. uh, when uh, when Alan did the intro. <laughs> Oh yeah, or the not what? the intro, but the tease. Yeah, yeah. You know, this week on the Linux Action no, Sucks no, no. show. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> the Linux Sucks Action show. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> it was a good Alan, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was super funny. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's show. If you've got ideas for topics or news stories, or if you want to comment on some of the huge news or our tour of Dell, LinuxActionShow.reddit.com, or hit me up on Twitter at Chris Las. At Colonel Linux and and Ask Noah Show, which yeah. will be live tomorrow, Monday, and that it's it's how 4 are you going to do Pacific, that? Four p.m. Yeah, I'm figuring that out. Four p.m. Pacific, seven. Uh, not tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Because by the time this airs, it'll be tomorrow. Oh yeah. Of Four p.m. Pacific. It'll be seven p.m. Eastern, six mm-hmm. p.m. Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, JBLive.tv and bro- locally broadcasted KEQQ eighty point three FM, Grand Forks, and 
we are going to talk. Uh, I'll take your calls about Unity, and if you have any questions good, good, or thoughts, good, good so one eight five five four five zero. No, that's one eight five five four five zero sixty. Jesus Christ! He's going to use this headset instead of that headset <laughs> too. Use, so I'm going to use a different headset. So, so we don't have headset problems. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah, ask Noah Show on Twitter, and uh, you can also send him your questions if you go to the contact page. It's also a great way to contact this show. Turns out, and uh, is it asknoahshow.com to get yeah, links? Yeah, Show is the Ask Noah dashboard. The new show is out. The first episode has launched. And all of the feeds are live where you can subscribe to the Ask Noah show. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, sir. That's, Appreciate it. That's a ton of, ton of work, ton of work. Uh, also, you can uh, follow the entire network on Twitter at Jupiter Signal, where you find out about show announcements, stuff like that. We'll be live. Go to jblive.tv for, to watch it, and you can find our time at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. A huge, huge, huge thank you to Dell. Thank you to Barton. Thank you to Jared and everybody who took us around and showed us all of their deep secrets here at Dell. It has been a massively illuminating experience, and it has been one that I don't think I will ever forget. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, and, I, and we can only show you so much, and we have more content coming, so stay tuned. We have more great content coming. We can only show you so much, but I hope you get a little sense how crazy committed this company is to Linux, which is a, a huge mindset change for me. Yeah. Uh, my eyes have been open. It was really great. And, uh, you know, I also I just want to point out it was pretty, pretty brave of Dell to let us do this because th this was something that was my idea to get in here and do this to try to f understand what they're doing with Linux. It was really my intention to try to better tell the story here. It wasn't a marketing thing on their part. It wasn't something led by PR. It was something led by myself and uh, other engineers and, and, and folks inside geeks. Dell. Geeks. geeks. Real who are, geeks. Who are, Linux, who are Linux geeks, and they get the community, and they wanted to see this happen. And I, I know that behind the scenes, they had to move levers and twist knobs that probably cost them a few favors to make all of this happen. And we were showing stuff that people have never seen. So big thank you to Dell. Hope you guys enjoyed it and keep an eye out for future content. But that is it for this week's episode of the Linux Action Show live from Austin, Austin Tejas. And we'll see you right back here next week. <laughs> okay, all right. Quit making noise, you son of a gun. Okay. All right. Would you quit flinging? <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> no, I'm not. It just fell down again. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and now that the picks are all done, let's go inside Dell. Is that too corny? Yes. Okay. What should I say? Something long. Something not that you can tell that we just cut it in. Okay. All right. So. What did we just um, finish talking about? So yeah, you. Damn it. There a line at the. Noah, look at that shot. There, you, there's a square around the whole shot. Noah. Why, why did you do that? I can't even. You, that probably means your shot has that too. It's the attention to detail, Noah. It's what makes the difference. <laughs> hey, Chris, good news. Mine looks perfect. It just, <laughs> just looks good, huh? Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'll just stand over here your, then. Yours, yeah. yours the only one that screwed huh? up. Huh? You're okay. the only one okay. that screwed up. That's all. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. Okay. Huh? He did, yeah. It's fine for me. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah, it works for me. He did do that. He works for me. Me. He just works for me. You just works for me, me, dude. No, here's what I here's what I did. I uh, I just. Uh, no, I just want to record an out, bro. I just want to record a quick out. You were the one that did this, didn't you? No. Don't even try to do that. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure this is your fault. Uh, what should I say? I'll say. Uh, uh, you're going to want to download this. Speaking of YouTube download, you're going to want to download this episode because, dude, you're getting a Dell tour. You guys don't hate it when people do that? 
I thought I thought maybe that might be the case. Like there was probably an annoyance period, but now you've just pushed through it because it's over. Like it's now it's almost meme. -y. It's like it's kind of good to be a meme in some sense. I can't believe how long this adjustment takes. Well, <laughs> I just give me a sec. This Red Bull's gonna wear off in 25 minutes, and then it's your fault. Here's the thing: if Beard was here, this would be done in three seconds. I don't know how to do this. This red when this Red Bull wears off, I am coming for you, Chilai. I am coming for you. So you got some anger issues. Oh uh, yeah, me. Yeah, that's true actually. Uh, okay. <laughs> there. It turns out there's a button that says stretch to screen. How come it feels like it's 27 frames and not 30 frames? Uh, because it is 27 frames. When did that start? I don't know. But uh, you know what it is? It's probably because I was editing. When do you? When is? When? What kind of occasions is, does it require for you to drink beer? Me? Yeah. Whenever somebody offers it. Hmm. Okay. It doesn't seem like we ever go get beer much. Yeah. Well, we with all our spare time, right? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Like, you know what? If people knew how little barbecue we were eating while we were down here, they mm -hmm. would be literally ashamed of us. It, it is kind of a shame. I mean, we come all the way to Texas, and we don't have, uh, we don't, ha we don't, we don't eat barbecue. We don't drink beer. The two things you're supposed to do in Texas are, well, three things really: shoot guns, eat beer, yeah, drink barbecue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And we like all those things. We like. Well, you especially. Yeah. 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 But, dude. We're at Dell. Okay. I'm not sure if you got the last message or not, but uh, I can't check it because the power is out. What? He can't check it? Oh my gosh. I'm out of here. I'm out. Okay. All right. We actually got the last message, but good point, I guess. <laughs> I just want miracles. No, here. No, no, you no, the no, one's no, miracles. No, no, good point. I guess if you can't handle it, we understand. <laughs> Dude, you're trolling him. Okay. All right. <laughs>